Evening and welcome to another episode of Hidden for the Cycle. I'm your host Hank and Dictor, and as always, we've got a lot to talk about. But before we get into all that stuff, let me remind you guys, as always, please give us a follow at Review and Preview Sports. You can find us on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, wherever you've got your social media platforms. And of course, do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about regarding baseball this week. A lot of crazy things happen. Yankees and the Mets both had a bit of an up and down week. And um, obviously, first, let's start off by talking about the Yankees. The Yankees this weekend had a very great weekend. They swept the Chicago White Sox in three games. Started off with Jordan Montgomery going strong, going seven innings, four hits, striking out 11. Glaber gave the Yankees the lead in the first game with a solo home run in the bottom of the seventh. But of course, the White Sox would tie it off of Jonathan Wisego, Nick Madrigal single, and then Chapman in the ninth had a very interesting inning. He loaded the base, or no, he didn't load the base. He put a runner on first and second. Andrew Vaughn's at bat. He hits into a triple play, and I'll give you a fun fact, guys. This was the first triple play that the Yankees made in a game since April of 2014 at Tropicana Field against the Tampa Bay Rays. And in addition to that, I remember another triple play they can they made in 2013. There was a crazy game against the Orioles where they got two guys out in rundowns. But in any event, the triple play helped the Yankees. And bottom of the inning, they would win the game. You had singles by Judge and Geo, and then Glaber finished it off. He got both RBIs in this game. Yankees would win that by a final score of two to one. And in the second game, Glaber would continue his hot stretch. He played four runs on three hits. Yankees win that one 7 nothing. Garrett Cole, seven scoreless, seven Ks, pretty much what you expected out of him. And then in game three to complete the sweep, he, you start off getting a, another Glaber hit, two-run single. They'd get a few more runs on a double play, but the White Sox obviously didn't want to get swept in this series. Jose Abreu had a two-run home run. Yasmani Grandal cut it, cut it in half with a sole home run. It was 4-3 Chicago, but in the ninth, our oldest Chapman comes on. He blew his first save, and not only that, he gave his first earned run of the season. Andrew Vaughn hit a booming solo home run to tie the game, but luckily in the ninth, the Yankees would load the bases. Aaron Judge comes up against White Sox closer Liam Hendricks, and Liam Hendricks, let's just say that he could not find the strike zone if he had Google Maps. He threw strike one that Aaron swung at and missed, but then three, four straight pitches out of the zone. Yankees would win the game, sweeping the series, but you know, of course, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows because Luke Voigt ended up on the aisle with the hamstring strain. And now 
as you can see, the foundation of the foundations of the team are starting to crack. You have him out, you have Hicks out already, and you also don't have Stanton. This is where you this is where their depth really starts to get tested. And unfortunately, in this Blue Jay series, the Yankees kind of went back down to earth a little bit. They lost game one six to two. Vlad Guerrero Jr. actually went two for four in this game. He he actually took the lead in the major leagues. He now has 16 home runs. He's tied with Adolis Garcia of the Texas Rangers, and he also overtook Shohei Otani for that. And in addition, he's now also sporting a 337 batting average. That's second in the American League, only to Yerman Mercedes. Wasn't a great game for the Yankees either, because former Met Steven Matz would start this game for the Blue Jays. He obviously had an up-and-down season with them. Started with a 231 ERA that ballooned to 428, but Obviously, the Blue Jays really needed that good start out of Tim, and the Blue Jays have been kind of hanging in there in division. They're five games out of first place, but you know, with that lineup and with some good pitchers they've got, they're they can still hang around. And you know, game one of the doubleheader, the Yankees pretty much were lifeless. Miguel Andujar pretty much got the only two hits for the Yankees, and they would get shut out two nothing. It wasn't pretty, and right now, actually, they're in the process of playing game two of the doubleheader. And I believe the game should have started. The first pitch is scheduled at 7.05. And as Michael Kay would say, they're underway. And I'm looking forward to catching the rest of that game. But, of course, let's take a look at the standings here. The Yankees are, I would say, about one and a half games out behind the Red Sox as we speak. Actually, no, I take that back. They are one and a half games behind, or two and a half, sorry, rather, behind the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays have been dangerous. Let me just tell you, they have done nothing but win during this last week. Well, while granted their streak ended against the uh, Kansas City Royals, they have now won, I believe they've won 11 of their past 12 games. Red Sox obviously are still hanging in there. They've cooled off a little bit, but you've got a few other guys in that lineup that are among the league leaders in home runs and batting average, so I wouldn't count them out anyways. And Toronto, as I said, they may be only two games under over 500, but they're a threat. And really the only team that you can't really worry about in the AL East is the Baltimore Orioles. And let's get to the comments right now. Ben Cruz, Hank, what's up, Hank? Ben, how's it going? Good to hear from you. Folks, remember, if you want to leave a comment, interact with us, please leave a comment in the comment section on Facebook. And just to give you guys a heads up pretty soon, we will be having a special guest coming on. My buddy Andy Hopper of the Brute Party, he will be coming on to talk about his St. Louis Cardinals momentarily. But first, of course, we got to talk about the other New York team. That would be the Mets. They actually right now have had a lot of injuries right now. They, 16 guys are on the DL. And they had a tough series this weekend against the Marlins. They won the first game next rings. They had a lot of random guys like Khalil Lee and Joan Shui Fargus. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right. Khalili got the game go-ahead single in that inning. Then John Shway Fargus got a two-run triple. They obviously gave up two runs at the bottom of the ninth, but they still survived to win that one. But in the second game, kind of went downhill from there. They couldn't get a run in seven innings against Pablo Lopez. And while they did finally tie the game with Dom Smith RBI single, former Yankee prospect Garrett Cooper hit a walk-off home run. That was part of a three-for-four performance that left him a triple short of the cycle. Marlins ended up winning the series, scoring five runs in the second inning of the game, which was more than enough as their starter, Cody Poteet, threw seven scoreless innings. And, yeah, let's talk about that injury list for the Mets. Their foundation is also kind of cracking. Even though they're in first place right now, I believe they're about two and a half ahead of the Atlanta Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies. They, they Pete Alonzo went five for 41 since being hit by a pitch. 
Now, granted, during that slump, I think he wanted to play through that injury. I think we knew they knew he was in pain, but it seemed like he didn't really want to sit down and be on the shelf. So that that pretty much explains why he was struggling. And I think the Mets probably did the right thing thing to sit him down, let him rest up. And since May 11th alone, the Mets have lost Jacob Degrom, Albert Almora Jr., Michael Conforto, Jeff McNeil, Kevin Pillar, Taiwan Walker. In addition to Pete Alonzo, of course, and uh, Tommy Hunter. So you look at that lineup, it's a bit of a triple A lineup with the names that they that the guys have are right now. But you know, the Mets luckily are still in first place, but I think obviously they got to be careful because the Atlanta Braves are turning things around. Miami is a team you might want to worry about because they you saw what happened last year. They made it to the playoffs. They're slowly starting to play a little dangerous. And even though there aren't Records for most of the teams in the division are at or above 500. It's, I think the Mets definitely have to be careful, but fortunately for them this week, DeGrom did return to the mound. So that's somewhat lessened the injury blows a little bit. And he pitched, although he only pitched five innings in his return, he didn't get a decision. He still struck out nine. The Mets pretty much won that game with the Tomas Nito home run. And in the doubleheader today, the Mets took game one with Marcus Stroman pitching six scoreless. The only run came on a Jose Peraza home run. And in game two, Jose Peraza factored again today. He actually had an RBI single on the bases loaded luck, and that's one four, four to two. And before I bring on Handy Hopper, I want to give you another fun fact. This is only the fourth time in the history of baseball that New York City has played host to two doubleheaders. Nineteen or two thousand eight, sorry, was the last time that that happened. I believe it was in September. Both the Yankees and the Mets. It was their last season at Yankee Stadium and Shea. Yankees split a series with the Rays while the Mets split a series with the Atlanta Braves. And I believe the only two other times that that happened in New York were 1997 and 1982. And the only other city where that's happened is Chicago. 1961, the Cubs and the White Sox both played a doubleheader. But now let's get to the main team that we got to talk about, the St. Louis Cardinals. And with that having been said, let's bring on our special guest for today, Brew Party's own and a good friend of the program, Andy Hopper. Andy, what's good, my man? Hank, thank you so much for having me, dude. I'm so final. Uh, I'm so happy that I could finally uh, get on the show. I know we've been working on this for a long time, but I think I need a, a jacket or a t-shirt or something for review and preview five timers club. Like, come on, every show I've been on. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to bitch and moan and complain about the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, no, congratulations on being the first guy to ever appear on every single review and preview show. This is indeed as what my favorite game show host of all time, Bob Barker, actually second favorite, but you know what I mean? Bob Barker would say is a historic moment. Andy, welcome aboard. It's great to have you as always. And uh, before we get the Cardinals, we have a comment. And it's another good friend of the program, Sam Cardona. Sam, how's it going? Thanks for checking in. Sam, how are you? If you want to interact with us, please keep up the comments below. We really love it. Appreciate it. It makes you guys a part of the show too. And, Andy, first of all, to start off, you're from Champaign, Illinois. I believe that's like smack right smack in the middle between St. Louis and Chicago. But yes, sir. The Cardinals. I got to ask. I don't think I've ever asked you that before, actually. OK, so, yeah, so I'm in I was originally born in Springfield, which is the state capital of Illinois, which is literally like an hour, hour and 20 minutes away from St. Louis. Um, my family is like split down the middle. Cardinals Cubs like like diehard so my my grandfather who you know is one person that really I really grew up 
uh, you know, on baseball or, you know, help me grow up with baseball, mm-hmm. take me to games and stuff. He's a, he's a diehard Cub fan. Wow. Um, but my, my parents uh, got divorced when I was, I think, fuck, six, five, uh, super young. So when we moved here, when I moved to Champaign, uh, when I was seven or eight, uh, my stepfather uh, is a huge Cardinal fan. And he, that's just what was always on in the house. And I, I kind of grew up, yeah, I just grew up watching the Cardinals. And then, you know, when my dad, he still lived in Springfield, he is kind of just, he's just a baseball fan. He likes the Cardinals. He he'll, likes the Cubs, what, whichever one he'll root for whatever. He's more so he just wants to see a good game, but always, it always stuck with me because we would meet halfway, uh, when we would go to his house to like with my mom or whatever in a little town called Decatur, which is halfway between Champaign and Springfield. And whenever we'd be in the car, it'd be during the summer, he'd have on a baseball game. It didn't matter if it was the Cardinals. It didn't matter if it was the Cubs, but that always, always stuck with me was, you know, the radio voices and just baseball. But yeah, it's um, always been big in my family, you know, either way, Cubs, Cardinals. And I'm not like, I don't hate the Cubs. They're hard to hate just because, you know, they've only won couple times and their their fans are very easy to hate don't get don't don't get me wrong but as, <laughs> as far as as far as the team goes but yeah that's that's kind of why i chose the cardinals um you know and i mean it definitely speaks to you know they were just the better team and my, my stepdad all literally always had them on on tv and then i just always remember listening to them on the radio too so uh yeah that's kind of why and then you know they it was pujols renteria right. uh you know they had scott roll and and that that whole crew is is the first Cardinals team that I really really remember, and then yeah. then of course you remember all the Cardinals legends you throw out, you know Ryan Ludwig, Pete Cosma, David Eckstein, <laughs> <laughs> Colby Rasmus, but uh, <laughs> those are uh, past, yeah. I remember those guys. Uh, so Taguchi, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, dude, I just I just love baseball. I think that's my favorite sport to go watch and like consume in person. I think it's just go have a beer and, and just watch a good game, man. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up. I kind of it's kind of similar with me because I live in New York where obviously you've got two teams like in one market. I think my stepdad actually too kind of helped me get into the Yankees. He actually at one point was partners with a guy who had 20 20- a 20 had um, season tickets in the Yankee stadium, like in the high seats right behind home plate. So like, I think that definitely was partially something that helped. And even before that, just watching the Yankees, like when I was younger kind of helped too. And mm-hmm. not to mention, I think it also helps being, being from an area where you have easy access to travel to Yankee games is, is a good thing too. Very convenient for sure. But uh, anyways, yeah, I totally agree with you. Baseball is just one of the more relatable sports I can think of. And, Honestly, I think it might be my favorite just for the sheer fact that one, it's like so relaxing to watch. It's a nice summer day. And also not not to mention the fact that like it was the first sport that really got me into this whole crazy experience of memorizing stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, baseball is one of the best for sure. And um, anyways, let's get to the Cardinals. Um, First of all, I think if we're going to start talking about the Cardinals, we might as well talk about their big the big name acquisition they got during the offseason. Nolan Arenado. I mean. The thing that shocked me was that they were able to get get him for basically a bag of chips, I guess. Like, Colorado just – they wanted to get rid of him. Like, let's put it that way. And I know – don't get me wrong. That contract is going to be ugly down the line. Let's not kid ourselves. But 
for them to get him and with his performance, let's talk about the impact he's had on this team so far. So first of all, we'll do my first hat change. Oh boy. <laughs> going to throw on my Rockies hat as a thank wow. you for letting us fucking steal him from you. <laughs> No, uh, I mean, no diss to Austin Gomber. I really liked watching him as a Cardinal. He grew, he came up as a Cardinal, but I mean, we, we stole this guy from the Rockies. They wanted him. You like, like you said, they wanted him gone for some reason. Like they're still paying some of his contract. Uh, but I mean, let's, let's talk about what he's done for this team. He's, Leading in batting average of 288 in home runs and RBIs. He's got 10 home runs, 32 RBIs. He's the straw that stirs this drink on offense. I mean, you have him and you have Goldschmidt. I mean, Goldie at 255 with only six homers and 26 RBIs. But I mean, he's a legit threat at, at, in the three hole that you have Ball to be. The a Rockies wall is down, by the way. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but no, no, no problem. But so he's just, and then. I mean, I, you talk about what he get, brings offensively, but on the on the defense, I believe on the defensive side, he he lays out for balls at the hot corner. I mean, I mean, in my opinion, he's the best third baseman in the National League. But I mean, that's just that that's coming from a biased Cardinals fan. But the impact he's had has has been terrific. I think if we don't have Nolan Arenado on this team, there's no way they're sitting at 27 and 22 and in first place in this division. Yeah, I completely agree with that assessment, especially now when you look at the how the whole – I said this with the Yankees too when talking about their injury situation. The foundation is starting to crack. Like you're losing guys like Tyler O'Neill, recently Harrison Bader, and uh, Dylan Carlson. The outfield situation is a mess. Like yeah, on. The bullpen, I've looked at the bullpen too. It's pretty bad, but I think – I've got some outfield, thoughts on that. Oh, no, we'll get to that. But like – Let's talk about the outfield. Like, how mm -hmm. concerned are you about, about this outfield situation? Like, and how much of this, with the lack of depth they have right now, how much of this do you blame on, um, what, what's his name? I don't know how you pronounce it. Is it Mosliak, Mosalak? Mosalak. Uh, fuck John Mosalak. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try to keep this as, uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll try to stop cussing, but I, he's just, you know what? Good for him for finally getting Arenado. Like, like mm -hmm. we just mentioned, like it was awesome, but it's like three years after he could have been able to, or at least it seems like he would have been able to. Um, I, yeah, Mosaic likes to trade away our our outfielders, but then we just kind of really been hit by the injury bug. You know, I believe actually Tyler O'Neill supposed to be back tonight for this yeah. game uh, versus Arizona, so he hurt his finger sliding into second base on a steal attempt against um the Padres and it really hurt because at the time he left he was hitting 290 and he's you know he won a gold glove last year he's he's a big part of this outfield he kind of won that spot you know in that trade he comes over from Seattle when he was just a prospect and you know he he needs to be there and Dylan Carlson were super super high on him that's why we got rid of a couple guys you know he won this spot had to miss a couple games last week with a sore back I, and then I think he still had to come back out after returning, which isn't great. And then Harrison Bader, he's dr diving for a shallow fly ball and he hurts his ribs. Uh, you know, Harrison Bader, I I've said it for a long time. And last year, like he's going to struggle at the plate. He's not going to be the best uh, hitter, but he's so fucking fast that it makes up for it. It's just like, he is the flash out there. He will get to balls in center field that like 
80 or 90% of center fielders are not going to be able to just out of sure speed. And then if he can't ever figure out the bat, like he's going to be pretty dangerous. Um, so, but, but it hurts. I mean, he's a lot, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson and Harrison Bader are a lot better than Lane Thomas and Justin Williams out there. So, and, and that's no, I'm not trying to disparage those guys, but I just don't, I don't know if those, those guys are a MLB outfielders, everyday outfielders, or they're just not ready at this point. I mean, uh, Justin Williams, though, he did throw a laser to throw at Adam Eaton the other day uh, from left right. field. So I will give him a shout out on that. But yeah, it's that's I'm very troubled by that. I, I don't I don't love uh, the injuries in the outfield and definitely the lack of de- the lack of depth scares me because, you know, you think about what a year or two ago, it's we, who do we put in the outfield? We have you're either throwing Fowler on the bench or you're throwing um, Jose Martinez on the bench. Obviously, those guys are both gone uh, and they went with the younger core, which you can't really blame them for that. Another guy we haven't mentioned is Tommy Edmond. Right. I was going to ask you a question about him too. The ultimate utility guy, if needed, you throw him out there in right. I mean, even I I'm comfortable with Tommy Edmund in center. If you, if you really need to. And then, I mean, it all depends on, you know, Paul DeYoung's health in the infield because right now he's out and you have Edmundo Sosa uh, at the shortstop position. So if the young gets healthy, but the outfield's still struggling, Mm -hmm. do you put Sosa or DeYoung at second and then throw Mm -hmm. Edmund in that third outfield spot? I think that's the way they'll go. But I mean, Tommy Edmund is, is, I mean, he, we saw him two solo home runs uh, in the game last night, I believe it was, against the, the White Sox, you know, to steal one. They're four of six in their last ten, which really isn't great. Um, but, yeah, I had in my notes here, I had outfield banged up, Bader and Carlson, and then talked about Tyler O'Neill. But it's it's troubling. So they need to get healthy before anything. I, I'm honestly shocked that they're – 27 and 22 and in first place with everything that they've kind of had to deal with uh, this, this season so far. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Now I'm glad you mentioned Tommy Edmund because we got to talk about the versatility of him. Is it not a stretch to say that he's quietly been one of the most important guys in your lineup? And maybe you could even argue he's the most indispensable guy in that lineup because let's face it, you're, you're outfield. Like we said, it's, it's pretty much, borderline in shambles if, if mm-hmm. that's exaggeration. And I'll tell you another good thing about Edmund too that like no one that hasn't really been talked about. I think you guys may have did made the right decision by letting Long go, Long leave and go to Milwaukee because look at what Milwaukee played him. Like two years, eighteen million dollars, like you're getting a lot less mo- you're giving a lot less money to Edmund and mm-hmm. he's done a really good job and then some replacing him at second base. I, I think that's that's a steal, if anything. So, and yeah. not to mention, I forgot to mention too. If not for letting Juan go, also helped you get Nolan Arenado. Another absolutely. And so it's like you take it, you take it with a grain of salt. But I was a big Colt Wong fan. He just right, right. and he's another guy where you know you're not really sure what you're going to get at the plate, but he is an elite defender. Like nothing gets by him. He's all damn near a platinum glove. I don't think he got a platinum glove, a gold glover. Um, so it really, it really did hurt. I, I hate to see him go. And especially to see him go to a division rival in um, Milwaukee. But if we just look at what Edmonds done, he's leading the team in hits with 56. He's played every game this year. He has the most at bats. He's hitting 275. He's still stolen nine bases, 14 RBIs, four home runs. So 
I mean, yeah, I think you nailed it on the head there, Hank. I, I can't disagree with you that it, at, as of right now, it's looking like they made the right choice. And as far as me going, it's probably more of like a nostalgic fan just being like, oh, I, you know, we watched Colton Wong for a long time. Another guy that had only been a Cardinal for his whole career. So it's just always weird to see those guys go. And I mean, I wish them all the best in, in, in Milwaukee, but um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I would have hated having Colton Wong as another option in this infield though, but I see it does open up a lot of different things for what they're trying to do in the outfield. And then Tommy Edmond can play more of a natural position at second base. I know we just said he's, he's literally like a Swiss mm-hmm. army knife. You can really put him anywhere, but I think traditionally he is like third, third base, second base, like he's an infielder. And uh, I see Tom just posted a question here. Do- Dylan Carlson is a great outfielder. How's his health holding up? Not great at the moment. So like I think we mentioned earlier, Carlson, so his back, his sore back, he missed a couple games. I think he missed two games uh, against the, the first two games against the White Sox, was able to come back for the last game. But I think he, he left early. So I mean, he's he's great. He's he's gonna be really really good if he can stay healthy. Uh, so as of right now, his back is is not doing great. I think maybe you just put him on the ten day and give him some rest and kind of just wait till he's hundred percent because he's at the point where it's like, yeah, we want you out there, but if we're like as good as we think we are, if we're like leading the division, we're gonna need you in October, we're going to need you in September leading up to the playoffs. Let's, let's rest you now, you know, in June or is it, no, it's whatever in May, June, whatever. Yeah. Uh, as when we can get away with it. So, I mean, I'd love for to have Carlson out there. I'm really excited about his future, but mm-hmm. as of right now, health is, is not, has not been the best. Sure. And um, another guy in the lineup I think we need to talk about before we move on to the main thing that I was going to let you rant about, the bullpen. we got to talk about Paul Goldschmidt for a bit. I know he hasn't quite lived up to what you guys have been expecting, expecting of him. Do you think he's Do you think he's going to start to heat up over the course of the season? I mean, I hope so. You know, I don't love the 255, I think. It's hard to hate on a guy for how many home runs they hit. Right. You just never, you just never know. And then, like, I mean, I think, believe he's second on the team with 26 RBIs. So, like I said, I mean, it's him and Arenado. It's like, who else are you really supposed to be scared of now? I mean, now that you get Tyler O'Neill back, yes. Actually, Yadier Molina's hitting like 280 something. He's had a great year at the plate, but he's another guy that that's hurt right now. Um, so Goldie, I mean, he, he gives us like stability at first. Like, he's not going to make mistakes. Um, but yeah, I really, I do hope he gets hot, but I mean, let's remember he's on the wrong side of 30. They, right. they I mean, it's not like, let's not act like the Cardinals got him when he's in the real prime of his career. I'm not saying like his best days are like really that far behind him, but I mean, he's not a super young guy. Do I think he can turn it on? Yeah. Uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Listen, I'm a Yankee fan. I know a thing or two about getting guys pass on the wrong side, <laughs> like too long contracts. Cough, cough, Stanton. But um, I think now might be the time where we got to talk about their pit, the pitching and uh, the bullpen situation. And um, I got to talk about Jack Flaherty. He's been absolutely vital to this pitching rotation. And by the way, Andy, I'm sure you were probably waiting for a fun fact today, weren't you? Of course I am. So, Hank, hit me. You know that you know that his first start the start against the White Sox, he got his first loss of the season. But before that, we know he was eight and zero. Let me ask you if you know who was the last Cardinal pitcher to have such a start. 
Uh, is it your guy, Bob Gibson? You would be correct. 1965. I mean, that's instantly who I go to. He was just so fucking good in the 60s. I know. It was I just know. like, just, just take your pick of what year. I know. I knew you'd appreciate that trivia question. That's why I had to go there. But anyways, let's talk about Jack Flaherty. I feel like he has carried that starting rotation now. Oh, without question. I mean, you, you said it already. His first loss of the year was excuse me, this past weekend against the the White Sox, or this past week, I should say, not weekend. Um, he's 8-0. He, he has an ERA. Hold on, I have it uh, pulled up right here. I'm sorry. Or I, I wrote it down. He has 8-8 wins, 2.84 ERA. So sub-3 ERA, uh, he's, he's shoving right now. Yeah. Like, this was really – the White Sox were really the first team that was able to get to him, and then it just so happened that, I mean, the Cardinals weren't able to hit the ball that day either. So, I mean, he is the anchor of this, this pitching staff. And I mean, he's kind of, he's going to have to be, you know, you really, uh, the stat I love here is his whip is down to 1.1.07. That has a great chance of getting that to a sub one whip. Um, But I mean, look at his number two. It's a almost 40 year old Adam Wainwright. Carlos Martinez hasn't been awful, you know, 4.18 ERA. John Gant is a guy coming out of the bullpen that's had to step up into the rotation due to injuries of, uh, you know, uh, Kim. You know, uh, Miles Michaelis has missed a lot of time. I So the, they just it, – it just sucks <laughs> how many injuries they have, and they're really working hard to try to sustain it, but it's it, it's it hasn't been great. Um, you know, they, they struggle to throw first pitch strikes. If you watch a Cardinal game, mm-hmm. half the time it's going to be a fucking ball on the, the first pitch of the at bat. I think like some guys are down to like fifth, their strike first strike, first strike percentage is down as low as like 55%. I, that's not the whole team, but some guys that, that are throwing, like John Gant, for example. And I think that does have to do with right. him normally being in the bullpen and not used to throwing this many innings. He's getting a little more erratic or, you know, maybe avoiding the zone a little bit more if he's seeing these lineups two or three times when he's really used to only seeing, you know, maybe five or six batters in an outing. Um, I mean, but the real the real problem with this staff is the bullpen. They're on a historic rate, Hank, of their bullpen walk rate is at like 14.9, right now. If that holds be the worst in MLB history. Yeah, in wow. 2000 the Pirates bullpen's walk rate was 4.14.4. That's the next closest. So I mean the, there is a lot of time left in the season that could change but there it, it's just like it's seriously something you ha- we've never seen before. Oh they they lead the league in walks per 9 innings with 4.6 4.63 uh a game so it's just like it's it's almost unwatchable <laughs> at, at certain points man like in they are the worst in the major leagues as a staff in walk rate at 11.9 that's that's including everybody uh the rotation and the bullpen but it's just yeah it, it, it's not great it's very frustrating and you don't you don't win games when you're putting two or three runners on base you're giving three runners or two two guys a free base. It just doesn't happen. That's how you set up runners in scoring position. That's how you set up these guys for bloop singles that turn into fucking RBIs. So, you know, we have Alex Reyes, you know, 14 saves. He's been, you know, not too bad. Oh. Hey, on the uh, year. Hey, Alex Reyes. Got a little comment for you. Our buddy yeah. Paul Lombardi. 
Paul, I think he has potential to get there right now. I pro I, I don't know. I mean, shit. 0.69 ERA. Very nice ERA, if I do say so myself. But so he, he struggled. Yeah. He blew, he blew a save uh, this weekend against the Cubs after Wainwright absolutely threw a gem. I think he went seven innings, only allowed one hit. The Cubs like weren't touching anybody. I think Reyes ended up walking a couple guys, and then somebody they just it was like a bloop and a blast. And then yeah, he walked somebody, and then uh, he hung a slider for Javier Baez, and he hit it just like dead center. Um, and the Cardinals end up losing that game in overtime, two to one. At the oh, same time, time, though, or in uh, extra innings, I'm sorry, Hank. I was God. gonna say football is not for another few months, buddy. Listen, listen. <laughs> Speaking of that, I had Kyle Russo on the brew party this week, and he called the the Larry O'Brien Trophy the Lombardi Trophy. <laughs> hey, well, we, got, we got football on the brain, but in extra innings, the Cardinals lose. <laughs> in like the they they ended up stranding the bases loaded earlier in the game, so it's not like the Cardinals weren't hitting and had opportunities. Uh, ended up on a Arenado struck out with a. Uh, two outs to end the inning. I think Goldschmidt hit a foul ball that was like a pop out. Uh, it just rough. And that's classic Cardinal mm -hmm. baseball. My buddy Grant Baker actually made me laugh. I was on the phone with him earlier today and he, he said he, he was trying to do research. He can't confirm this, but he swear to, he swears to God over the past five years, the Cardinals have hit more solo home runs than anybody in baseball because they can't get anybody on base. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So shout out, shout out to Grant for that one. But if, if we look at like the team split, so as a team, we're hitting 232, uh, you know, on base of 305, slug 390, the OPS at 695. So the 232 is not great, but I mean, how, how we've seen around baseball with how many, how many no hitters we've seen, like a re on record pace for their pitchers just all around the league seem to just be shoving, you know, after the past few seasons where it's like, oh, are these balls juice? Like it, all these home runs and all these hits and all this stuff. Now it's kind of the year of the pitcher. I'm kind of curious to, about your thoughts on that. But and then if we look at the yeah. bull uh, or the pitching staff, team ERA of three, uh, 3.76, uh, 3. which is not bad at all. Uh, and you know, whip of 1.31, but it's just the walks. Like you're, you can't, you're not going to beat teams if you're consistently giving them four free bases. They're averaging, they're mm -hmm. giving four free, free bases a game. Which, um, I think in the series with the Padres, they average eight walks a game. It's like, it's just unsustainable. So it's like, it's amazing, honestly, that they're still in first place in this division. Right. And that kind of speaks to yeah. how bad the central is this year. Oh, and yeah, for sure. I mean, I, the, I mean, the Cubs are kind of on a little win streak here. They've been playing well as of late, but I mean, because their bullpen's actually performing and they have, as, as much as I hate to say that. The Pirates who can't even feel, did you see the Javi Baez play? I mean, I sent, I sent that in the group. I, I know, that, I was know. In, that was incredible. <laughs> why did he stop? Why did, okay. So if you guys didn't see it, it was like an infield single that like right to the pitcher throws it to the first baseman. And there's two outs, so all he had to do is step on first base. He decides to like run, like run and try to run in front of Javi Baez to tag him. Baez turns around. I guess I should mention there was a runner on second, so he's just going obviously on contact with two outs. He comes all the way around and scores because Javi Baez is juking their, them out. 
they miss the tag at the plate. <laughs> they throw it to first, and it's a wild throw. Javi Baez gets to second base on a fucking like two foot hit, like a swinging bunt, pretty much. But that is Pirates baseball to a T. So, uh, yeah, I see what you, I, I I see what you're saying there. Cardinals yeah. are starting up a series with the Diamondbacks, who've lost ten in a row. So hopefully, we can keep that streak going yeah. for them. Um, but it's just. It's like you want to be excited, and I'm trying not to be super negative because, you know, they are in first place. They're five games over 500 uh, after, you know, the struggles that they've kind of had the past few seasons. Well, I, I say struggles. They went to the NLCS last year, but, I mean, no, didn't think they were going to get there. Didn't They got swept. They got swept or what? They won one game maybe. Um, so yeah, you're Actually, you're thinking about 2019. They got swept by the Nationals, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's okay. 2020 didn't necessarily happen, I guess, if you want to... 2020, 2020 <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, doesn't count. Uh, yeah, I feel I totally feel you that way, in, that res- in some respects to that. <laughs> so it's just like, I'm trying to be excited. You know, we're in first place, but it's like they're very... They're glaring holes on this team that need to be addressed. Is it either at the trade deadline or is it either guys that we need to bring up from AAA or or that are already in the system. I mean, like I said, I Alex Reyes is a .69 ERA. Giovanni Gallegos has 10 holds on the year. He's been awesome. He's a guy. Thank you for that uh, from the Yankees. We'll, we'll, and thank we got. you for Luke Boyd in exchange. I know, dude. It, it hurts <laughs> so bad. But he's he's like the perfect Yankee, dude. He looks like a oh, Yankees okay. fan that gets to play on the team. You see, he's got he's got his jersey all out. He's got the chains. <laughs> he is an absolute tank. I love Luke yeah, Boyd. But it was he had a cool story because he's from Missouri. He grew up a Cardinal fan, so it was really cool. And it did suck to see him go, but it's like you can't blame the Cardinals for for taking Paul Goldschmidt there. Of course, you know. And then it works out. You get Giovanni Gallegos. Chase and Shreve is garbage. He's on the Pirates now. Actually, I think he's since he's left the Yankees. I think he's on his third team in the three years since he's been Mm -hmm. not been on the Yankees. So, um. But yeah, like I said, I'm trying not to be negative, but it's it's hard when your bullpen is historically bad at walking people, and that's exactly the opposite of what you want your bullpen to do. Yeah, no, Tyler Webb and uh, Ryan Helsley are like a few of the guys. I was looking up the names of these bullpen guys because I don't watch as much trials. Like I watch a little bit, but it's more because of guys like Nolan Arenado and Yadi exactly. Molina, who I'm fans of. But well, like, I mean, I don't watch a lot of Yankees unless. Yeah, no, that's know, fair. That's fair. I feel like baseball is one of those sports where it is incredibly regional because, especially yeah. with the blackouts and, and the lack of national television, you get it's like I mean, you got all the people. I'm sure in New York, you're either what they're either watching the Yankees or the Mets. Like, why would they? I mean, obviously, they, or, there's fans of. In of my other case, teams. you have the MLB at bat app like I have, where like I right, and I, a lot, a, a lot of people do, and there are a lot of baseball fans that watch way more than I do, I'm sure. But there are cases yeah. where it's just like, oh, the Cardinals or the Cubs or the White Sox are on at least where I'm at, and that's that's probably what I'm going to pay the most attention to. Right now, anyways, getting back to the bullpen. So I think mm-hmm. the guys I was about to name, Tyler Webb and Ryan Helsley in particular, I think those are like the main culprits of that bullpen. <laughs> I looked up their ERAs. Uh, Both of them. I got it right here. I, yeah. would, uh-huh. I had to look at MLB, the MLB page, just to make sure I wasn't reading things with Webb's ERA. Am I reading this right? It's 11 point something. 11.57, my friend. Uh, 19 appearances 
It's I mean it's in four in like, fourteen <laughs> innings though. So it's not like it's not like a one time he got like rocked. No, 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 no. I know, right. but like that's one of those names that I'm seeing. Like I was looking at other Cardinals mm-hmm. articles to talk like to see like if the, if they're really accurate, which a lot of them pretty much were. Oh no, it is. Oh, it's yeah. oh it's accurate. Yeah. Tyler and, Webb eleven five seven. Uh you have a guy in uh Andrew Miller, who's I mean, he's on the IL right now. Eight like his ERA is over eight. And then Helzy, like you said, is five five nine is the number I have. Cody yeah. Whitley's six ten. Um, they have Junior Fernandez. His ERA is over seven. Seth Elledge is over seven. So I mean, and these guys aren't you know everyday bullpen guys. They're not pitching all the right. time. Like if you watch a Cardinals game, I guarantee you you're going to see Giovanni Gallegos and Alex Reyes out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to see Genesis Cabrera and Helsley more than more than others, but it's, it's normally those four guys. I mean, Tyler Webb has appeared in 19 games on the year. Um, so he is like, I think the fifth most appearances out of the bullpen, but it's, it's not great. <laughs> I'll just say that it's not great. <laughs> as, um, or as, as Joe Girardi, my old manager who I miss used to say, it's not what you want. No. And no. you know, it begs the question, like if they can get, and speaking of St. Louis natives, since we mentioned Luke Voigt, if they can somehow pull off a deal where, say, they get Max Scherzer, yeah, here's an interesting solution. Do you move – oh, wow, another hat change. <laughs> Do you move John Gant to the bullpen permanently in that case? Or oh, 100%. He should already be in the bullpen now. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. But I, there's another option. When is the time to call up? I believe his name. I think I re- wrote it down somewhere. It's Austin Warren. I, th- I think he's the big prospect they have that like they're high on with coming out of the bullpen. Is now the time to possibly call him out as not so much a look see, but we need you to help out our bullpen see. I mean, I don't. I don't hate it. Why not? There's so many injuries in the like, like you literally. I'll go down this list of guys that they have listed. Um, as pitchers of so, uh, Ponce de Leon has, you know, he's only thrown, he's only appeared in eight games. Uh, Jordan Hicks has only appeared in, in 10, uh, six games. Wood, Woodford, Andrew Miller, Elledge, Michaelis is, is only pitched twice. Fernandez is only pitched one time. Well, I mean, he's a starting pitcher, but no, I'm no, just no, no, but like, I'm considering the bad luck he had, like he had that one good year, but then he has a, he then, declines significantly the next year he misses 2020 and now after he tries to come back he gets hurt and mind you this is all coming off a contract extension like that's just mm-hmm. rock block right and then like i mentioned earlier uh kim kim missed time so that's why gant has had to step mm-hmm. into the starting rotation i mean what i mean i mean gant's 1.81 era i mean that's mixed between the bullpen and starts but you don't hate that like i mentioned his his uh first pitch strike rate I think is down to like 55% and he's normally a guy that hits 70% or as as high as 80% I think one year uh, as far as first pitch strike so is he I don't know is it is it the pitching coach is it the pitching you know coaches they're having this philosophy where they're trying to more so avoid guys and throw it out of the zone getting wanting guys to go chase Um, but it's not sustained it's not going to be sustainable for for uh, a full season. So, I mean, I think 
yeah, I wouldn't hate if they called up Warren. I mean, right. Matthew Libertor is another guy that they're to to watch. He's the guy they got um, from the Rays, like the one of the Rays top prospects. Was that the Rosarena trade? Yeah, that was the Rosarena trade, and or another one I know you love. I love Randy. God damn, I miss <laughs> Randy. He's a guy I was going to mention. Uh, one of the outfielders we dealt away that would have easily, oh, easily fit into this outfield. Like, it just like some of their decisions goes back to Mazalak, me not liking him. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the stuff not making sense. Um, yeah, I remember when, and I remember when we first talked about the Cardinals too. I think maybe when I made my appearance on the Brew Party, you kind of mm-hmm. sort of mentioned how you were like very anti Mazalak too. It's. Yeah, he's a there. He'll probably have a job for life in St. Louis. To, to be honest with you, it's kind of like how I feel about Brian Cashman too. Actually, yeah, like he's a he's made a lot of great moves, and just like Mosellac, but like there have been a lot of other moves or moves that he didn't make that have blown up in his face. So now that's that's what I was mentioning with Arenado is it's like how he finally made it, but it's like Cardinals fans, we've been asking for this for yeah. like four or five years. And again, I know a thing or two about trading for a, re- a good player with a really hefty contract on the mm-hmm. wrong side of 30. And I know very well that as much as Arenado can help you, that is also going to come back to hurt you. And don't say us Yankee fans who are still a little annoyed about Stanton didn't warn you about that. I uh, One of my regulars at work, he is a big Yankee fan. Mm-hmm. He fucking hates Stanton every time. It was it? There's the hundred and whatever million dollar man <laughs> coming up there to strike out, lead the league in strikeouts. But it's just like wow. Uh, it's because you know, like there was a few years ago where Stanton was, you know, the home run king. Was, right. Everybody, everybody wanted him. The Yankees got him. Was like, oh shit, okay. It's like okay, you don't like the money that you're paying him, but yeah. you would be okay with it if he was, you know, still in form. And it just hasn't worked out. It's another one. It's like how long before the Yankees try to deal him away, but it's right. Nobody's going to pay him. Well, there is a little bit of a difference though. Mm-hmm. At least when, when looking at Nolan Arenado, this is a guy who is a generational talent, probably one of the best third basemen I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm not even exaggerating on that. Like you don't really see too many like insanely good third basemen, like come around, like let's put it this way. If you look at the debate between third baseman of all time, and I know I'm probably going on another baseball historical tangent, it starts with Mike Schmidt, Brooks Robinson, George Brett, and then it kind of stops there. Right now, Nolan Arenado could potentially enter like that debate. He, he's that good defensively and a good hitter, and seeing how much he's helping the Cardinals, that makes sense. Giancarlo Stanton, to quote George Lopez in an episode of the George Lo- Lopez show, he was a luxury, not a necessity because we needed pitching and you already had guys like judge and you had Castro who you gave up in that trade. You had who else? You had Didi Royce. A lot of those guys, they were mashing the ball. They almost made it to the world series. You go out and get Stan. That's like, that's like, say if you were getting clothes shopping for your buddy, your buddy Carson, instead of getting him the shoes he need, you're getting him a fur coat. Whereas at least with Arenado, right. you're getting something essential. <laughs> no yeah no i feel you man it's uh yeah it's i don't even know what to say about i don't even know what to, like i i love the move i was yeah. super excited because it puts us in the conversation as one of the better teams right. in the nl exactly. not saying i i don't think we're the best team in the nl by any stretch like obviously you have 
the Dodgers. You have the Padres who are having a really good year. I mean, I know the Braves have been kind of slumping, but I mean, if they if they're able to get hot, I, I think watch out for them. And then obviously Philly has a lot of weapons. I mean, are do we see the Nationals kind of make a little mm-hmm. resurgence? The Mets are are are, are they going to do are they going to do anything? Who knows? I don't know. There's there's it's it's going to be very interesting. And all of course the Cubs like they could very well get hot as well. Like this the NL Central is not set in stone. It's it's not. I don't want to say it's the Cardinals to lose. I think it's just anybody's to win. Like anybody can jump out and grab this uh, this top spot there. And I don't know if we get a wild card team from the Central. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't, I think, I don't think so. I think the only division in the NL that's getting a wild card at this rate is the NL West. Yeah. I, I mean, agree. don't get me wrong. The NL East has some really good teams. I, as I met, I briefly mentioned, the Braves are starting to pick it up. The Nationals have the talent. There's a reason that I actually hot take pick the Nationals to finish second in the division before the season. They still have a lot of good pitching. However, of course, if they start to go bad, there is the possibility that they could trade Max Scherzer and, do you think that's a legitimate possibility for the Cardinals? I kind of mentioned it briefly in one of my other questions, but I, I, I want to jump more into this topic. I would love it. I mean, if yeah. he's available at the deadline and you're St. Louis, I don't know how you don't at least make a call. Right. You have to see at least what is the baseline offer. Mm-hmm. And because I mentioned it, we like our number two starter is 40 years old, Hank, or about to turn 40 mm-hmm. years old. And I love Adam Wainwright. He is gonna go. He is going to be a Cardinals Hall of Famer. He he like him and Yadier Molina are. I mean, there's no. If you're a Cardinals fan, you can't beat it. Having them right. as the battery, um, he, but he, you can't have a 40 year old starter as your number two in this league. Is your three or four? Your five? Sure. I mean, preferably the four or the five. But like. You're, I feel like at a certain point, you're just going to be asking too much out of the guy. His really? last outing, he did. He was great. Like I mentioned, seven seven innings, one hit. But he, it, it's just how much can you really ask of this guy? But to go and get a guy like Max Scherzer at the deadline, I'm, I mean, let's not act like his best years are ahead of him. But, yeah. I mean, I'd much rather have a Jack Flaherty, Max Scherzer as my one-two for a potential playoff run. Than, than a Jack Flaherty and Adam Wainwright, if, if I'm right. being completely honest with you. Um, but yeah, I think at the deadline, you if if a guy like Scherzer's there, at, just make a call. At least see what the offer, like what you would have to send for yeah. him. Right. Or And if it's not the starters, go get another guy in the bullpen that's a stopper uh, with um, Gallegos and Reyes. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think those... Or an outfielder. I think those are the three the th- the three things that you go for, and that all depends on the health of the outfield. Because when healthy, I think it's fine. Yeah, but, but right, but right now it's 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 pretty uh, it, it's pretty bleak, as you were mentioning earlier. Now, let me ask you: Are there any outfielders that you have your eyes on specifically come trade deadline, or is the list really not too big? I mean, I think it's more so with, uh, John Mozeliak, just not paying attention to the foundation in that case. I guess. I mean, as far like a list off the top of my head, not really. Like, I mean, who's going to be available? Like who wants out as far as like an, like an outfielder who's on the trade block. I don't know, but I mean, it'd be, it'd be total Cardinals fashion to do nothing and then just rely on these triple a dudes to just, just fill in. Um, Again, like perfect for that sort of, perfect world like you go get 
And I don't know if the Indians would give up a guy like this, but like a Fran Mill Reyes. Oh, that would. I and would want that too because that's a guy who, like, you don't you don't need to worry is going to go all or nothing for a home run, which I, mm-hmm. I've played about with the Yankees for many a year too. Sorry to get off on my team, but no, 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 absolutely. We not. literally have similar problems, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, bro. So if yeah, if that's just like a name, like a like a perfect, like what if you know? I'm not saying that that's that's happening or any Cardinals fan should be expecting. And I know he's a guy that struggled with injuries this this season, and I don't really know what the package would have to be, but I think he could fit into this offense pretty well. And like, he's not going to go all or nothing. He's going to a guy that can get on base, right. or, or 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 you know, but pretty much. I guess at, at the de- at the deadline, come talk to me. Any teams that are mm-hmm. uh, underperforming and trying to sell, uh, I think the Cardinals should be looking into. But it, it, like I said, it would be classic Cardinals fashion if, if they just do nothing and and, and sit tight and and just kind of hope that what they have is enough, which they've done for a lot a, a few years. And because they know they're still going to sell tickets. St. Louis is still going to be top three in attendance or ticket sales every year. It doesn't matter. They're, it's a baseball yep. town. People are oh, yeah. going to go to Bush Stadium to see the Cardinals regardless of the product. And that's something Mazalek and I believe this front office has taken advantage of because they know they're still going to sell and they're still going to make money regardless of who they fucking trot out there on the field, which that sometimes it sucks. This year, it's like, okay, you know, you got Arenado, you made some moves. We like that, um, you know, full capacity at June 14th against the Marlins is coming back in St. Louis. That's going to be nuts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, go Cardinals. <laughs> that's what I got to say. That's, that's what I got to say. Hank. <laughs> yeah, no, I again, I think the Yankees also need outfield just as much as pitching. I mean, pitching for the Yankees, like, again, sorry to go off on a little tangent. About no, it. dude, it's your show. But- Don't apologize. <laughs> Pitching for them has been has been fine too for the most part. I know, unfortunately, we just lost Kluber for a few months after the no hitter. He he had an arm problem, and so I definitely think the Yankees could use a guy like Scherzer. And in fact, if I'm going to go even further with my tangent, I've said this many times, and I'm going to say it on this show and be on record: if the Yankees had signed Max Scherzer when he was a free agent, they would have had at least a championship or two by now within the past five years. No joke. I you can. You can look at how it would have affected the Yankees and how much of a difference it would have made. Don't even try to argue with me on that point. But anyways, what I'm also trying to say is the outfield has been a problem. We're stuck with Hicks for like seven years, and now he's not even playing. He's injured right now. I don't know when he's going to come back. And don't even get me started on John Call. I've already gone on that rant a number of times. And as great as Judge is, like, you know, it, it's a it's a very home run or nothing ballpark. And while it's great to see Gardner still in the lineup, like you still shouldn't necessarily be relying on a 39 year old Brett Gardner in, in your everyday. No disrespect to Gardner. Yeah, no, that's the I, it's that's no. Your 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 thoughts about Brett Gardner are the same is the same way I feel about Adam Wainwright. Yeah, they're both I, I the they're guy. both they're, they're both 39. Like yeah, they're they, we love them. We thank them for everything. Park exactly. There's like we both. They're, they're very similar. I know that like one's the outfield and one's a pitcher, but it's like the way the fan bases uh-huh. feel about them should be pretty much the same. It's like, thank you so yeah. much for everything you've given to the franchise, but maybe it's time to kind of step away or maybe it's time for, right. I mean, management or the coaching staff to be like, okay, do we have any younger guys that we can throw? I mean, but if you're still, if they're still performing, then yeah, sure. 
And I mean, I'm not going to come out here and say that Wainwright has been awful this year because he hasn't been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I mean, just not what I want. Oh, I didn't number- even mention Clint Frazier, by the way, he's another <laughs> guy that had potential, but he's been hot or cold and, Gee, maybe you could have traded him and a lot of other prospects kept pitching, but nope. Cashman likes to hoard, worry about the future. Again, he's very hit or miss, trust me. But sorry, back to your point. Um, I kind of forgot what my point was, but yeah. Uh, we're, we're literally baseball, what you're trying to say. Baseball is a young game at, exactly. at this point. They're, they're trying to get as young as possible and spend at, at the least amount of money as possible. So it's just, it's only a matter of time before we see these guys that are 39, 38, yeah. 37 that are, I don't want to say getting phased out of the game, but mm-hmm. you know, they're just not going to get paid as much. I will say I can hundred percent see the Yankees acquiring Max Scherzer before I see the Cardinals acquiring him because that's just the Yankees. Like they would, that's a guy that they would go get. Um, but I mean, the connection, you know, Scherzer went to Missouri. He's a St. Louis guy. I, I think it'd be great. And, you know, Arenado's already said he loves St. Louis. It's it's a place right. that really embraces the players and really just loves baseball and loves the Cardinals. So I I think Scherzer, it'd be a coming home party. I think I think the crowd would be absolutely insane for his first start. Right. Um, but I think that's like a perfect world would have to happen. Uh, did you see the Georgetown had their graduation at at the Nationals Park, and he was yeah, in yeah. the outfield getting getting some work in. I love that. That was that's awesome. Like, yeah. By the way, George, Max Scherzer, that's kind of another similar problem I've had too. Like, 2017, Yankees had a chance to go after uh, Justin Verlander. They didn't. Look how much that came back to hurt them. And mm-hmm. if they get if they get Max Scherzer. That would be a similar rant that I had when they got Arenado. It's like, great, you finally got your pitch and you finally signed Garrett Cole. It's like, why didn't you do this sooner? You could have had a title. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, now, before I wrap up the show, I do have a few more questions. These aren't really as much about like the current Cardinals more so as these are kind of nostalgic and fun questions. First of all, I got to ask you about Yachty Molina just because we're talking about the Cardinals and because personally – from afar, I've always admired how good Yadi Molina was. He is by far the best defensive catcher I've ever seen. Because keep in mind, I'm not really old enough to remember Pudgy Rodriguez's prime and mm-hmm. Buster Posey's up there. But like in terms of like defense, while Buster might be the better hitter, I would say Yadi's better defensively, but without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Yadi or Molina Hall of Fame first ballot. That's mm-hmm. all I got to say. So everybody, I have so many Cubs friends. Uh, my friend Greg, who I've had on the show, and my friend Jimmy, they do a podcast right. about the Cubs uh, minor league system uh, called Growing Cubs for uh, Cubs Insider. Go check that out. They do a lot of great work. Um, but they, every time we talk about Yadier Molina being a Hall of Famer, they just like laugh in our face and say no. And they talk about the his career batting average and the hitting numbers. But it's like the in his career, did you see that stat? Like the, the Cardinals have like uh, – have allowed like less stolen, like less the least amount of stolen bases in major league baseball. And like the next team is like 400 behind them. Like it's some Why ridiculous amount. It's surprised. It's because you don't steal on Yachty. He has his pop time is ridiculous. He's his instincts and his just baseball IQ is second to none. And that's why you, you're not going to see, the pitching coach come out as much to talk to the pitchers right. when you watch Cardinals games because they have Yachty back there. It's like yeah, he's exactly. 
he's been there. You know, he's 38 years old. He's won two world championships. He's pitched with some of the best pitchers. Or he's not pitched. He's caught for some of the best pitchers to ever do it. He it, it just he's he's another coach out there on the right. field. So it just what he's br- what he brings to this team is like you can't even put words to it. Like it's 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 in it's it's it, it's so valuable. And it's like mm-hmm. the classic thing. It's like, would you trade Mike Trout for Yadier Molina? And and fucking, Car- I guarantee you, like eighty percent of Cardinals fans would say no. And <laughs> it's like that's how much he means to St. Louis. He will never buy a beer or a meal again in St. Louis when he retires. He's gonna get a statue. I guarantee that. And it's just, it's not only the way he. I mean, it's the way he plays. It's his attitude. He doesn't take shit from anybody. He's not afraid to stand up for his teammates or get into somebody's face when he thinks uh, like they did him wrong, they did his teammates <laughs> wrong. Like, I mean, the Brandon Phillips fight, like, do you remember that from I, years I ago? That was, that was amazing. Uh, incredible. Was or like incredible. this year, the, the, the whole scuffle with, with Nicholas Castellanos, who like uh, he got in his face after the, the whole, like, I don't remember, you know, if you remember it from earlier this year. No, I remember. And it wasn't Cat- even after a drive into deep left field. Yeah. <laughs> deep left drive before. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Um, <laughs> all time, all time. Um, you knew I had but, to bring that up when you mentioned I, oh, I, I love it. I love that you brought that up, Hank. But yeah, even, even after getting like an argument with, and with, uh, Yachty Castellanos after the game was like, I mean, even if you punched me in the face, I'd still walk up after walk up to him after the game and ask him to sign a ball for me, like give me an autograph. <laughs> like he goes, that's how much oh, yeah. I res- he goes, that's how much I respect him. But like you, you mentioned, he's the best defensive catcher. I don't. It's gonna be a hot take. I think to ever play the game. Wow. I mean, nine gold gloves. That's a, nine gold gloves gives you a good argument. Nine. And, like you know, I'm even surprised looking at it that he's won only nine. And I mean, so yeah, just for that, I mean, you you can knock what he's done at the plate and how it hasn't been great, but it's like he, this year at 38, he's hitting better than he did when he was 28. So it just like, doesn't make sense. It's like, he's hitting like 280 this year. I think I need, I need to pull it up. I know he has missed some time with injury, but he's a guy at 38. He wants to catch. 140 games. He wants to be out yeah. there. He gets pissed off when he's when he's missing games. He has this attitude, this leadership that he brings to the card. He is the Cardinals. Like he is the heart yeah. and soul of of the St. Louis Cardinals uh when he is on the field, but it's just unmatched what he brings to this team right. mentally, uh you know, behind the plate and it, it's just incredible. Just hats off to him. You know, whenever he retires, it's going to be yeah, I think he gets his number retired in St. Louis. Like, I think that's oh, just no doubt. that's just how much he means to to the city. He's hitting 288 right now. Yeah, I didn't really hitting 288. That's like me when uh, Jeter and Rivera retired, and basically when um, also when Bernie Williams left too, because I think that guy was criminally underrated. But, mm-hmm. anyways, yeah, I totally agree. I, I love Yachty as well. He he's absolutely phenomenal. And by the way, actually, there was one other like question I forgot to ask you about the competition. Who is the team that you fear the most? As a Cardinals fan, that I like right now for like the division and for like competing in the NL, like because obviously, as I kind of mentioned, the NL West is stacked. The Padres with Tatis and Machado and her decent pitching staff are good, and I still think the Dodgers have a good shot at overtaking them. Like, both of them are extremely loaded, like, it's not even fair. Yeah, so 
In the division, it, I mean, you got to you fear the Cubs yeah. the most. If you're the Cardinals, you hate losing to the Cubs. If you're, it's the same way. If you're the Cubs, you hate losing to the Cardinals, and you love to beat them. Um, and it's always that, especially when they're the top two teams, or at least you know right now they're the top two teams in the division. There's nothing like that. I don't know if you've ever been to Cubs Cardinals game. I'd love to take you to one, Hank. It, it would, it would be, it's 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 in fucking it's incredible. You know. It, uh, that's that you always fear them, but then as far as the rest of the NL goes, I mean, I mean, the Dodgers is the obvious answer here for me. It's they're just fucking loaded. You Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, Walker Bueller. Uh, I mean, they don't have Dustin May right now, but when, when he's healthy, he looks like he's going to be really good. But just they can go with just those three guys the entire playoffs, like a three man rotation. Like uh, they're going to be really hard to beat. Obviously, the Padres are, are really fun and out, out there in Slam Diego, oh, you know, with Tatis and they have Machado, Eric Hosmer, Will Myers. And then, you know, the addition of um, Blake Snell into their rotation along with, you know, Lamet and all those other guys. So, I mean, yeah, I think you, the West is going to bring, is going to put two teams in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't, I don't. I hate to say I'm scared of the Cubs, but it's just there's always this right. feeling, just like you sure. get nervous. You get nervous playing them, and one of them hits a fucking bomb, and you're just like, oh, here comes here. He just, it's just here we go. <laughs> it's just all. It's always how you feel. No. But as far as the season going on down to the playoffs, it's like if we get matched up with the Dodgers or the Padres, not excited about that. I will say I, I also hate playing the Braves. Two of my best friends, uh, Tate and Chris Long. I, I used to. I used, they were my former roommates. They're brothers. Right. They were born born in Savannah, moved up to Illinois when they were young. But they're just diehard Braves fans. So whenever we play, like I always just have to hear about how fucking awesome the Braves are and ooh, Freddie Freeman and Ronald Cooney Jr. and all that stuff. So yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, this is kind of to piggyback off the Yachty Molina question, but you know. Albert Pujols himself said that Yachty was by far the most dispensable Cardinal of all time. And now, speaking of Albert Pujols, because every time we talk about the Cardinals, it always goes back to him right at the end, I feel like. Because remember that meme I sent you about the ball on the moon and how I joked with that it was the home run hit off Brad Ledge in 05? How weird is it that he's wearing a Dodger uniform this year? It's gross, (laughs) is what it is. It's just like... He doesn't look right in the Dodger blue. He's wearing number 55. It's just like, it's like, you know, it'll be one of those classic uh, pictures you get of mm-hmm. those, those like long tenured athletes in, in another team's jersey, you know, like the Ewing in like a Sonics jersey, or I'm trying to think of. Willie Mays on the Mets, Hank Aaron. Yeah. Right. Or um I'm trying to think of like an example in, in football, something that doesn't look like or like Joe you know like, like LA Rams. Yeah, or like Brett Favre in like a Jets jersey or something like that. You, you know what I mean? It's just like it doesn't feel right. All the best to him. I mean, he's a classic cardinal. I think I, I saw him hit two home runs one time, actually coincidentally against the Angels when I was a little kid. Wow. And uh Jared Weaver was on the mound. I got a I was like six rows behind the angels dugout. I, uh, I caught a ball from the catcher flipped up that actually struck yeah. out Chris Duncan, uh, which was really cool. But that's like the, the one memory I have of, of right. Albert burned in my brain because when we walked in, one of the ushers was like, tell him we need number whatever home run today. And he hit two. And it was just like, Holy shit. So he's all time. He'll, he's another guy that's probably going to get a statue in St. Louis. Absolutely. You know, when, when he left, 
ultimate bad taste in your mouth. Like as a right. Cardinals fan, just kind of just like that guy just because, you know, he talked about he wanted in his career in St. Louis. He said all this. He said it wasn't about the money. I believe the Cardinals offered him seven years. I don't know what the actual number was, but then, uh, you know, L.A. offers him 10 years and some ridiculous amounts. Like you don't you can't blame him for yeah, taking yeah. that when you when you step back and look at it. But it's just like, you know, you know, what could have been, I guess, right. if he had stayed in St. Louis. But. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how much different it really would have been. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I'm glad that he's still able to play baseball and I'm glad, you know, he found a spot. You yeah. know, there were reports that he was interested in coming back to St. Louis and kind of like a mentorship role. Right. And, you know, he would be okay with not playing every day, which obviously, I mean, he's not going to play over Paul Goldschmidt at that. I mean, at this point of his career, um, but and you just talk, he doesn't solve your outfield problems either. So as much as you would have loved him, that's right. Like if, or if, if the Cardinals play in the American league, sure. You can come and play DH. Um, that's a rant for another day, but I, every league should have the DH, but Oh yeah. I, I, I like that as well. I, I, I wouldn't mind it, but you just look at his like 10 year run with the Cardinals. Like if you, if you had never have go look up his stats from his like first oh, 10 no, years I've in the league. Them. I have seen just, them absolutely ridiculous. Like three thirty 30 every year, 30, like at least 30 plus home runs and like 110 RBIs. Disgusting. He, he was untouched. <laughs> he was untouchable. He was the best player in baseball for those 10 the years. The real thing I find hard to believe he won only three MVPs, but then again, Barry Bonds may have cheated his way. To <laughs> It's not as surprising, really, when you think about it. But still. that's a conver- that's a conversation for another day. Exactly. And um, last but not least, before I end the show and let you go, as you probably know, one of my the things on my bucket list is to see every single major league ballpark. I have to ask you, what's Bush Stadium like? Is that good? And um, do you like it? Do you still miss the old Bush Stadium at all? Because I've heard a lot of people say that they never should have gotten rid of the old one, and I've also heard a lot of people say they like the new one. It's kind of a mixed opinion about it. The new one's beautiful, man. Yeah. It, they, it's ba- they, Cardinals fans, they call it baseball heaven. We're very fucking full of ourselves. And, so uh, did Scott Rowland, I remember. Yeah. When he but, got traded like, out of Philadelphia. I mean, people love it, – it's a great place to see a, a game. Directly across the street, they, it's called Ballpark Village. It's got like four or five different bars and restaurants in it. A bunch They do a bunch of pregame stuff there. Uh, they hold events. They've got a bunch of screens. It's – it's like, it's all really, you know, close together, but it, I love it. As far as the old bush goes, it got really, really fucking hot in there. Right. Uh, they had, you know, they had the awning around the top, but it mm-hmm. didn't necessarily cover the whole stadium. And I'm not saying it doesn't get hot as shit still in St. Louis at the right. new bush stadium because it does. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I only went to the old bush a handful of times so and I was I was younger, so I don't really remember. I do remember seeing a game in Old Bush. I don't remember. I can't tell you what year this would be, but up in the upper decks, the Cardinals were playing mm-hmm. Twins, and me and my me and my buddies were trying to guess balls and strikes from from the from the from the right, upper deck. Right. Um, but it's yeah. I mean, if you ever get the opportunity. Go see a game in St. Louis. It's oh, it's a okay. it's a great time. There's not really there's no view obstructions. There's not a bad seat 
in in the, in the house. You mm-hmm. can sit in the bleachers. You can sit behind the plate. You can sit in the left field terrace, the right field terrace, the outfield box, whatever you want to call it. But it is a beautiful, beautiful ballpark, beautiful place. Um, I love. I mean, I love to go see a game at Wrigley as well. Uh, oh, me too. That's high on my bucket list. No, I, I've been there. I, I I usually go to Wrigley about once a year. Um, so I usually go to at least one game of Wrigley, one game of Bush a year, uh, if I can. But obviously, with you know the pandemic, I haven't been. I, I think maybe. I think I went in 2019. I think I went yeah. to a game in 2019. Um. But yeah, I mean Wrigley's great. It's it's just like a classic ballpark. I I any if you're a baseball fan, go. Wrigleyville is electric before the game. There are just a million little bars and and little restaurants you can go sit in. There's Cubs fans everywhere. It's just there's this atmosphere. It's the friendly confines. Um, make sure you get a seat that doesn't have a view obstruction because that can't happen. It's an old stadium. There have been a few times where I've had to you know, like kind of crick my neck or, or look or stand up or something. Um, but it's great. I, I love to go see a game at Wrigley. I've been to the White Sox stadium back when it was U.S. Cellular Field uh, once. I it as New Comiskey. Uh, yeah. I can't uh, deal with these corporate names. I know I kind of sound like old. Guaranteed school. rate field, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I, I can't do it with these corporate yeah. names sometimes. No, I mean, I, I, I completely understand. And I think. I've been to Milwaukee back when it was still Miller Park. Now it's like American, American family, family or something. <laughs> what? Uh, so, yeah, I think next on my list, I'm trying to try to complete the NL Central first. So I want to go to Cincinnati, yeah. and I'd love to go to Pittsburgh for a game because I heard that's Pittsburgh just a – I heard PNC is just fucking great. And, um, yeah, no, a lot of the ballparks you mentioned are on my bucket list too. Fenway is a good one. That's pretty old, and it kind of has some of the same problems at Wrigley, but – Definitely go to that at least once. Mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium, while as much as I miss the old one, the new one, I think they did a good job replacing the old one with the new one. And City Field's a pretty solid one, too, for sure. But oh, my yeah. favorite, of course, is Camden Yards in Baltimore. I think that one has an old-school feel, but, like, it's one of the newer ballparks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, got a, it's got something for everything. But anyways, that'll pretty much wrap it up for this show. Uh, before I let you go, uh, Andy, would you uh, please do the honors of uh, plugging yourself? I would love to plug myself here, Hank. I want to thank you, first of all, for having me on. I'm so happy I like finally got to be on the show. Super excited you got your own show, Baseball. I love it. I love I love what you're doing. Thank I love you. everything over at Reviewing Preview Sports. Absolutely honored that your show was the one that I could be on to uh, <laughs> be the first ever uh, guest of all five shows on the network. So I'm Andy Hopper. I'm the host of the Brew Party Podcast. So like like we said, I'm out of Champaign, Illinois. I'm a huge, huge University of Illinois Fighting Illini fan. I like the Cardinals, but uh, the rest is is all Chicago sports. So I like the Bears, like the Bulls. Um, I'm not the biggest hockey guy. I'm a very casual hockey fan for sure, but I would say I root for the Blackhawks. Uh, but then again, I don't hate the Blues because – it's like, I don't really, I don't want to say I don't care enough, but it's like, I don't pay attention enough to really right. like hate them. Uh, so anyway, on my podcast sports, uh, I usually like to drink and have a good time. So I usually do an interview. Hank's been on the show uh, this, this week. Uh, I had Kyle Russo, who's a part of the review and preview sports team. We did an NBA playoffs update. So I keep it topical about sports, but I, you know, I, I interview other podcasters, other bloggers, um, but I've had athletes on, um, uh, Ryan Held, who swam in the Olympics for the Team USA with gold medal with Michael Phelps. Uh, Deion Thomas, the all-time leading scorer in University of Illinois basketball history. Uh, 
Michael Finke, who plays currently professional basketball in the Netherlands. Uh, Reggie Corbin played uh, basketball for the University of Illinois. Beth Prince played uh, volleyball for the University of Illinois. So just a bunch of different type of people. I like to keep it. I like to keep it different. Um, I've had musicians on. I've had a reality TV star who was on Naked and Afraid and The Amazing Race. Uh, we do live streams. We do episodes that we just post on Facebook. So mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, just search The Brew Party or go to www.thebrewparty.com. It's got links to all of our social media, uh, all of our episodes and where to listen, or you can just listen to it right on that website. Uh, please uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Brew Party. Um, and then we're on Facebook uh, at the brew party podcast and we're on twitter and instagram at the brew party uh once again i just want to say thank you so much to you hank for having me on um yeah mondays it, it, I, I don't really have a set schedule i should have a set schedule but it's kind of like right. i'm a, a very relaxed show i don't take myself right. very seriously i like to have a good time but i like to give you know sports news sports analysis when football comes back we have my friend Ryan Maloney back on. We do a weekly gambling show called Maloney's Moneyline, where we give out eight picks for each uh, football weekend. You can follow along with us there. Um, help us get to, I think I'm like six followers away from 300 on Instagram and like nine likes away from 400 on Facebook. So help me get to there. I'd really appreciate it. And then uh, give us a like, rate, comment, review. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple. Uh, give us a rating. Um, yeah, that, that's really all I got. Actually, so I have a proposition for you, Hank. Oh boy, what's that? First of all, I need to get you back on the brew party to talk about some baseball and get your thoughts on this season, the Yankees and all the no hitters and such. But I don't have anything set in stone yet. But uh, somebody has off, like said, they're starting a show. It's potentially like a trivia show, and they offered me to come on. I would need a teammate. And you know more little facts than anybody I know. So my official invitation to come on Team Brew Party Trivia is extended to you, Hank. Oh, that would be a lot of fun. I I would be – it would be an honor for me to be your teammate. And, um, yeah, I think, Andy, you probably said it better than I possibly could describe. You pretty much have something for everyone, I guess I would say. A lot of fun. I try to. A lot of fun watching your shows. Go hit him up with subscribe. Give him a like on all his forms of social media. However, of course, before I go, I'd also like to, for you guys to do the same thing for review and preview. Yes. Give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the works. And of course, please do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And until next week for hitting for the cycle, this is Hank and Dictor. I will see you guys later.